Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Consider becoming a Texas Football Insider, our subscription package at TexasFootball.com slash insider. Besides helping to make shows like this possible, you'll also get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts, our archives. We've got all 60 years of the magazine digitized, recruiting analysis, and must-see insights from the Dave Campbell's Texas football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas football insider at texasfootball.com slash insider. That's texasfootball.com slash insider. And thanks for listening. The Texas Football Today podcast is brought to you by Chocolate Milk, built by nature. Make sure you catch Texas Football Today live weekdays at noon on texasfootball.com and on Facebook. And if you like the show, subscribe on the podcast vendor of your choice. Give us a positive rating and tell a friend. Yes, yes, y'all. From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas, it is Texas Football Today, a show on the internet. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us, whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making us sound good. She is the Duchess of the Dorks. She is Ashley Pickle. Hi, Ashley. Howdy. Were you always going to be named Ashley? Yes. I know my I know my middle name was going to be different. It was going to my mom wanted it to be Nicole, but I guess my dad had a bad experience with Nicole at one mm. point and he was like, Mm-mm, nope, not mm. doing that. So my mom and I have the same middle name. So what you're saying is you have a you have a vendetta against Nicole's. I guess so. I guess it was kind of born into me. But yeah, no, I think it was always gonna be Ashley. Okay interesting were you gonna be something other than greg luke oh okay i was gonna be luke and then my mom thought that that um my mom thought that that the star wars thing was gonna have some legs and so she was Mm, like maybe mm -hmm. not well that's like trying to put a name with pickle like they wanted to name my brother dylan but they were scared people would have called him dill pickle so they couldn't that's that's the tricky part Should have should have named him like bread and butter. Uh, today <laughs> is Wednesday, August 19th, 2020. 99 days till Thanksgiving, everybody. We are into double digits. Let's go. Episode 1012. 1012, the Dave Stenhouse episode. Uh, he played for the Rangers from 1962 to 1964. That's to say he played for the Senators from 1962 to 1964. On today's program, we're going to run through some headlines, including a pretty big high school football schedule announcement yesterday. Uh, we'll get into all of the tentacles behind that and 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 the the latest in news and notes from across the state of texas in the back half of the show we caught up with greg powers of next level athlete for a massive massive edition of this week in recruiting yeah um it was a it was a it was a monstrous week of recruiting news it really was Um, it was left and right it was every anytime you looked up i mean there like for example we didn't even touch on like um, A&M had an unbelievable week on the recruiting trail. They get Marcus Burris from, from Pleasant Grove. Mm-hmm. He mentions that that doesn't even make the notebook because it's just like, it was such a crazy week of recruiting. Yeah. Um, Baylor got a couple of commits, including uh, Bobo Masters, the 2022, um, I believe, receiver for Shadow Creek. 
Um, just a lot, a lot going on in the recruiting world. So we will catch up with all of those things with Greg Powers and Next Level Athlete coming up here at the back half of the program. Do his first, do we? You got it. Here we go. Take two. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was uh, me, Andrew Christensen, Tony Blaylock, and Alan Shepard. Welcome in, fellas. Welcome in, my friends. Okay, let's get to some headlines across the state of Texas. And let's start with college football, okay? So we have a... Um, we have a, a, a piece up on TexasFootball.com, our college football tracker, okay? So I invite you to check that, out, check that out. There are 47 college football teams across the state of Texas, and we are uh, keeping track of what has happened to each of their seasons. I will tell you that for almost, I mean, if you're rounding up all of them, uh, there, are, there are major changes, okay? Specifically, moving to the spring. Mm-hmm. Um Right now, of the of those, uh, I believe it was of the forty-seven teams in the state of Texas, only nineteen are playing, planning on playing any sort of games in the fall. The twelve FBS teams, and then uh, there's a couple of there's a weird situation in the in the Sooner Athletic Conference, which is an NAIA conference. That's Southwestern Assemblies of God. Um, that is who else? That's Texas College, although they opted out. Um, Texas College, uh, Texas Wesleyan where they are going to play a three-game schedule in the fall starting in October and then play six games in the spring. That's the plan right now. Right. As we, as again, write down everything in pencil, we don't necessarily know. Um, then you have the 12 FPS teams, and then you have a number of other, um, uh, you have a, 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 a number of FCS teams from the Southland Conference that are going to try to play games. When the Southland Conference came out and they canceled the conference games, they did leave some wiggle room for those teams to say, hey, if you want to play a limited number of non-conference games, you still can. That is at your discretion. Mm-hmm. There's just not going to be any conference games. Well, the news comes down. One of one of the uh, one of the um, teams that was most vocal about this was Stephen F. Austin. Yes, Stephen F. Austin really, really wants to play this fall. They really want to play. They've been extremely vocal uh, about wanting to play. So much so that yesterday, and you can read this last night on TexasFootball.com, uh, Shahan J. Raja posted this, put this up. Um, Stephen F. Austin said, "You know what? That spring season, we're not going to play it." We're not going to play it. We are going to focus entirely on fall. Um, so w- they're uh, they are going to opt out of 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 the t- of whatever spring season is planned for the Southland Conference, which puts them in their own sort of bind. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that is uh, they are going to try to play some games uh, as far as the um, the fall season is concerned. Now, look, they've got to find some takers. Um, their schedule right now, when you take a look at it, basically only has one game on it. And that one game was is at SMU. They have a game at SMU on September 26th. That is the only official date on here. Now, look, there is uh, there, there are some weird things going on um, as far as I think that they want to play probably four games. In in the in the fall, that's probably the most they're going to be able to get, considering the restrictions that are out there. But they are trying; they're scrambling, trying to put together a schedule on the fly so that they can play. But they will not play in the spring. 
that is one thing that they said that they they're like no we're just we're that doesn't help us for 2021 right and as a result like we're not going to play in the spring uh we're going to focus our our efforts on staying on schedule and playing in the in in the in the fall and then in the fall again. which yeah this the fall thing seems like a cluster to me but i do ultimately understand why you would not want to play in the spring. It's not enough time for well, your athletes. And that is, by the way, another thing that is now going to come home to roost, that we have all, like the Big Ten, the Pac-12, and the Mountain West, and um, who was the other? The, uh, the MAC, mm-hmm. them moving to the, the spring, or saying, we're canceling the fall, we're going to try to play in the spring. One thing that a lot of people are looking at is saying, okay, so how's that going to work? And it's a really good question because you don't want to ask kids to go and play in the spring and then play again in the fall. Mm -mm. That's a lot of games in a short amount. That's a lot of football in a short amount of time. You know, generally speaking, you need that full offseason. So there's actually uh, Jeff Brom, the the coach at Purdue, put out uh, something on the athletics website that was his plan for a truncated spring season and then a slightly modified um, uh, fall season in the 2021. The the fall season, um, one of the things that he's really big on is like, we just got to limit the number of days the kids are in pads in practice. Mm -hmm. And he's saying basically like one day a week in pads. Uh, during for practice so that's something certainly to keep an eye on and that to me just thinks you would lead to injury right no (laughs) um now right exactly now one thing that i will say is if you want to talk about finally people starting to put down concrete plans for the spring the swack did just that Mm -hmm. the swack on monday put out their spring 2021 football schedule where they will play six conference games um and 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 uh, they'll play six conference games for, for the SWAC. You know, they can play, uh, you know, I, I believe they can have one non-conference open date for each team. So they'll play a total of seven games. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll kick off on February 27th. Yes. Uh, they'll open, for example, Prairie View will play Grambling State at the State Fair Classic. It says, now, who, we don't know where that will be yet. Generally speaking, it's usually play the Cotton Bowl. We'll see if they play the Cotton Bowl. Usually the whole point is to play it during the State Fair. Mm-hmm. The State Fair is not happening this year. Right. Uh, Texas Southern is going to play Arkansas Pine Bluff. They're going to play those six, uh, they're going to play six, um, Six games over, I guess, eight weeks with an open date in there as well. So that's their plan. They have concrete plans now Mm -hmm. and said, all right, we're going to work towards February 27th, week one. Uh, I think you'll see more and more that, you know, and one of the things that I think is is, uh, problematic with the way the Big Ten went about things is that they kind of said, we are canceling the fall season. We are going to do it in the spring, but they didn't really expect put a whole lot of explanation behind everything which is exactly what got us into this position in the first place is we had five months to try and at least set a plan to figure this stuff out and everyone said oh crap it's august 1st maybe we should start looking into this like that's the thing is i've been behind the pushing it to spring thing pretty through and through ever since you know that started happening but the thing about it is this is your time to correct your mistake you have to go out there and make a plan now that you can tweak and adjust rather than waiting until december and then going right. wait hang on okay right. now it's here what are we gonna do again look if you're asking me <laughs> um <laughs> if you're asking me what the biggest issue that has come out in the united states of america across all spectrums is is that we have a leadership void period uh, at pretty much every level so uh there is that that's some college football headlines from across the state i do want to mention one thing that came down yesterday um in the high school football world the high school football world um 
we are still in a, we're in a weird spot here because everyone's schedule got thrown for a loop. Everyone's schedule got thrown for a yeah. loop. And schedules, by the way, are still getting thrown for loops. We have a number of teams who are in quarantine right now um, that are um, that are have already canceled week one games and stuff like that. It's especially bad. Um, Rio Grande Valley, Coastal, Coastal Bend, Bend yeah. um, some other places. But as schools start to open, unfortunately, we're probably going to see that more and more. But we're still we're now in a weird spot where we are eight days away from the season supposed to start, from games supposed to be played, and we're just now getting schedules put out. Now, in six A and five A's defense, they've got a full month. Right, they got another month. They're not playing. Uh, they're not supposed to start playing until uh, the twenty fifth of September at the earliest, or twenty fourth if it's a Thursday. But we did get a pretty major announcement yesterday, which is from Duncanville. Of course, Duncanville, the two-time uh, state runner-up in, in 6A Division One, mm-hmm. they uh, put out their schedule. And uh, holy their, week four. Their, uh, their, their, their modified schedule. They are that district, uh, District 11, 6A, they are going to zones. We had kind of... Uh, seen that before from other schools in that district, or, mm-hmm. uh, like Mansfield, Midway, uh, Hewitt Midway, uh, Waco, Waxhatchee, etc. So the schedule is going to be wonky, including nine through ele- uh, like week eight is a zone championship, and then week nine through eleven they leave open as like crossover games to be scheduled. Mm-hmm. So it's not a w- it's a weird kind of looking schedule. But the biggest note here is what happens in week three. Week three on October 9th, Duncanville is going to play IMG Academy uh, at Globe Life Park in Arlington. They're mm-hmm. scheduled to, to host them. Uh, at Glo- I guess they would be the home team. It's technically a neutral site. But right. um, IMG Academy, of course, in Florida, in Bradenton, Florida, is a um, football powerhouse that is just kind of a football they they basically exist for sports right um and this is pretty interesting because it hadn't been written in stone but there was more or less a an unspoken agreement among texas high school football coaches that they would not schedule img academy the idea being IMG Academy has come into Texas and poached a number of, of really big-time players. Most notably, if you go back, Kellen Mond went, to, uh, uh, went there. Shea Patterson uh, went to IMG Academy. Uh, a lot of these, a lot of these uh, big-time playmakers um, transferred to Florida to uh, IMG Academy. Well, Duncanville is going to play them, going to host them uh, at Globe Life Park in Arlington. That's the old Rangers ballpark, I should mm-hmm. say. Um, they, they're going to host them uh, on October 9th. Uh, that's week three for them, and yeah, so that's pretty notable. I would say that yeah. uh, of the of the you know you're probably going to see fewer and fewer um, cross state games, intrastate games, interstate games, interstate games, not intrastate, interstate games. Um, in large part because, for example, New Mexico is not playing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I believe Louisiana, maybe I didn't. I, I need to check that. Yeah. Uh, but but you're going to like there's just fewer fewer teams around them. You'll probably see that and travel. I think is you know I think everyone kind of wants to limit their travel during this cycle. I think that's the most yeah. that's the most surprising is that not only they scheduled them but this year in particular with, with COVID it was like oh wow out of now, all years look, to do that. And again, all of this is. 
all of this is, let me give you a 2020 slogan. All of this is happening until it's not. Right. Right. Uh, but that is a pretty notable non-district scheduling uh, game that uh, that uh, week three, October 9th, uh, Duncanville will host IMG Academy at Globe Life Park. So that is certainly notable. And those are some headlines from across the state. We're Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage of high school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. I want to invite you to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. We would appreciate it. You get this magazine, you get the recruiting edition of the magazine, you get all sorts of good stuff at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Especially because the season's about to pick Including up. Including tonight. Tonight, hopefully, if I get it edited, uh, a new Tep and Step. 4A3A2A and 1A preview and Tep and Step. So a premium podcast for you knuckleheads. Speaking of knuckleheads, earlier today, <laughs> we talked with Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. A huge week in recruiting across the state of Texas. We break it all down. Here is This Week in Recruiting with Greg Powers on Texas Football Today. I'm Greg Tepper. That's Greg Powers. And this is This Week in Cruton. It's this week in recruiting with Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at G Powers. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at Next Level D1. Presented by our good, good, good chicken friends at Chicken Express. Uh, Powers, how you doing, man? Great. Just happy to be here today. And uh, really, it's been a huge week for not only news and sports news across the country, but recruiting, it was a huge week this week. It- it has been a ludicrous week on recruiting. Like I, so I, you and I have a very open and honest relationship. You know that you cover recruiting like really down to the core of of, of everything. I am big I am, picture guy. I'm big picture guy. <laughs> and when I come away from a week being like, man, that was a really big week for recruiting. That means for you, it was probably just like an atomic blast going off. It was. There was a lot of big news, and like we didn't even put all of the the big news in the recruiting notebook this week. That's how stuffed it was. I mean, you, we'll we'll run through all of the names, but you know, Texas A and M got a commitment from the number one rated defensive tackle in Texarkana Pleasant Groves, Marcus Burris. Didn't make the notebook. TCU hmm. landed Huddo's Landon Watson. Didn't make the notebook. Cameron Brady flipped from. Central Florida to Ole Miss didn't make the notebook. So, I mean, you can see what type of week it was. It is a ludicrous week on the recruiting trail. Let's get to uh, our normal signposts here in This Week in Recruiting presented by our friends at Chicken Express. Let's start with our prospect on the rise. Our prospect on the rise, we're going to Highland Park. And for the second time, it's Highland Park 2021 offensive tackle Jack Lehrer. Uh, love the measurables here, 6'6", 270. You know who else loves the measurables? The Texas Longhorns, who offered uh, him uh, this week. He is number 53 in the DCTF Hot 100. And... Uh, this is a guy who had five offers last time we talked about him, and now he has. Um, I'm going to check the uh, uh, the abacus here. 32. So I would say that uh, <laughs> prospect on the rise definitely qualifies. <laughs> yeah, and what was cool is that the last time that we talked about him, we said, "Hey, you know, this was before we knew the whole pandemic thing was actually going to happen the way it did, and we would have no evaluation period at all." We said, "Keep an eye on this guy because in the spring evaluation period, he might blow up." And, well, there was no evaluation period, and he blew up anyway. Um, So colleges from all over the country have extended him an offer, and the Texas Longhorns are still in the hunt for an offensive tackle in the class of 2021. So they stepped up to the plate this week and are going to try to woo him to Austin. 
but they have a tough job because Lair is one of those guys who has academics also in mind. And um, schools like Northwestern, Stanford, Vanderbilt um, are making a very strong play for him. So he's going to have to weigh his decision and to say, do I want to go to a Stanford-esque type of college or do I want to stay close to home playing the Big 12 for a school like Texas. So he's got options, and he's definitely going to uh, take a look at some of the top schools in the country. 32 offers, it's, it's not like he's got a shortage of options. Yeah, we've got uh, Highland Park kind of on our radar as, uh, you know, they're on our radar every single year, but th- this, they're an interesting squad this year. Um, uh, some some big pieces to replace and things like that, but at the same time, um, you know, they, they certainly don't worry about left tackle because uh, because Jack Lehrer is going to be holding it down there for the Scots. Let's go on to our commit of the week, and now we get to the quarterback portion of the the presentation. Um, our 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 commit of the week is Katie Tompkins is uh, Jalen Milrow quarterback Jalen Milrow. Uh, he is the number 15 prospect in the DCTF Hot 100. He's our number one quarterback in the state, and he flipped his commitment this week. He was heading to Texas. He is now heading to Alabama. Um, we've talked a lot about Jalen Milrow. He's a special, special player, uh, and, and needless to say, this is pretty big news for the Crimson Tide. Well, we've talked about Milrow in the past. You had an opportunity to interview him as well, Tepper. And what I think that you'll notice, um, and you probably did notice this, and maybe you can talk a little bit more about your interaction with Milrow. He's a guy who's hungry to win. You know, he has a competitive edge, a fire about him uh, that I think makes him truly special. I would actually kind of compare him to Jalen Hurts in a way. Um, He kind of is built similarly uh, has that same competitive advantage that Hurts had at both Alabama and Oklahoma, and um, has a huge arm. I I actually think, and this is indicated in the rankings, he's a better quarterback prospect than Jalen Hurts. He's the number fifteen prospect right now. One of the thing is, is if you missed it, we can go to our YouTube channel. We had um, a, an interview with Jalen Milrow and his coach Todd McVeigh. And the thing that I came across uh, with him is 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 you want to talk about a kid who you don't worry about when you don't have eyes on him. You know what I mean? This is a guy who has his head screwed on straight. This is a kid who's super super bright and and a guy who I, look you can look at the you can look at the film and you can tell he can make all the throws. But when you sit down and you talk to him, this is a guy who is just really sharp. Like he understands the game. He has a great he and you talk to Coach McVeigh and he'll tell you the thing about him is that he's already good enough right now, but he has that drive to want to get better. That like there's a fair chance that like he's got another step to take, which is crazy because he's already really good. And it's just that to me, what sets him apart in my in in my kind of experience with him is that Jalen Milrow is not only a terrifically talented kid. But he is super smart, he's super cerebral, and he's a guy who has that drive to win and and get better. And when you put all of that in the stew together, I mean, that's a special, special kid. Right, I agree 100%. And I think a lot of people kind of tab him as a dual threat type of guy because he can run and he's super impressive physically, but he's a pass-first guy. He's Mm -hmm. a guy who has a cannon for an arm. He was very accurate last year as a junior I mean this is a guy who was picking defenses apart and the thing that I really truly like about him the most is that he took a Katie Tompkins program that really they really weren't that good I you know not as good as they are now certainly 
And as soon as he stepped onto the field, that team changed. And I think that that's something that you really, when you're evaluating a prospect, can they make the team better? This is one of those guys who instantly is an instant upgrade when he walks into the quarterback room. We're talking this week recruiting presented by our friends at Chicken Express here on Texas Football Today. Get involved with the conversation, hashtag TF Today. All right, there is kind of a... Uh, I feel like these two have to be connected because they have to do with the Texas quarterback room. We're going to go to our underclassman of the week. Our underclassman of the week is Southlake Carroll 2022 quarterback Quinn Ewers. He committed to Texas over the weekend. Uh, he is a guy who is... Uh, the. Arguably, the, he's the number one prospect in, in the state in 2022, according to us. Um, and, and he is, beyond that, there's an argument that he's the best prospect in the country. Um, he committed Jalen Milrow not soon after that, flipped to Alabama. Um, first and foremost, let's talk about Quinn Ewers. What kind of player are, are the Longhorns getting in, in the South Lake Carroll quarterback? Well, they're getting, I mean... <laughs> When you're the number one rated player in the country, I mean, that kind of encapsulates what type of prospect that Quinn Ewers could develop into. He's still got two years of high school ball left, and he really made a huge impact last year, his first year under center at, you know, South Lake Carroll, which is one of, known to be one of the uh, most prestigious high school programs, not only in the state of Texas, but in the, in the entire country. Plays against top competition week in and week out, and I think I said weekend, but week in and week out. Um, so he, he he's definitely getting tested every Friday night, you know, that they play. They're going against good defenses. They're going against guys who can put pressure on him. And he's able to step up and, and lead a team um, in the face of that pressure. You know, when you're the quarterback at South Lake Carroll, it's a big deal. Little kids look up to you. Families come to watch you play. The stadium's packed every Friday night. And he didn't really bat an eye to that, you know of uh, players on the defensive side of the football, but I think the offense is going to be just fine with Quinn Ewers under center. And to put it into historical perspective for the University of Texas, he's the highest-rated recruit to commit to Texas since Vince Young. So there you go. And Vince Young was the last quarterback to win a national championship at Texas. So the expectations are certainly going to be high for Quinn Ewers and Austin. That's interesting about Vince Young. Um, okay, now for me, I'm a recruiting dummy, so I want you to help me connect these dots. To me, I see Quinn Ewers' 2022 com- uh, commit uh, commit to Texas, and then I see Jalen Milrow, who was a 2021 Texas commit, flip to Alabama. Those come in relatively quick succession. Ewers and then and then Milrow. Am, am I am I crazy in saying that there's a connection there? Well, I think that. You know, you even read comments. Like, if you go and see the articles that we post on our Facebook page at, at uh, Dave Campbell's Texas Football, you'll see a lot of the conspiracy theories out there about, well, Ewers committed to Texas, and so Milrow flipped his commitment to Alabama because he was afraid of the competition in Austin. I don't – that's not true. Um, Alabama's been a player for Jalen Milrow. As a matter of fact, there are those out there – um, who have kind of paid attention to this stuff that felt like a, a decommitment from Milrow from Texas and then a commitment to Alabama was imminent. Um, the timing of these things can always be perceived in one way or another based on when it happens. So, of course, because Ewers committed to Texas on Friday and Milrow committed to Alabama on Monday, it's going to kind of give the perception that that's exactly what happened. 
but I don't really necessarily think that's the case. I think that Milrow is probably going to commit to Alabama, and the timing just did not work out in his favor because it now looks like he flipped because of yours, and I don't think it's, I don't think it's true. I, okay. That's Greg Powers saying that. I don't think that's true. I think that's a, the, a natural question whenever you see that, when you see a really, you know, you see th- those kind of connections, especially when there can only be one quarterback, basically. But in any case, let's get to our Recruit of the Week. Our Recruit of the Week uh, is KD2021 running back Brandon Campbell. Of course, Brandon Campbell transferred from Lamar Consolidated over to KD and was going to be the number one running back there for, uh, for the Tigers. I say was because he is going to opt out of his 2020 season uh, because of safety concerns surrounding COVID-19. Um, I, I, I would imagine that there are other players in Texas high school football who have made a similar decision that we just haven't heard about. But this is probably this is I don't think this is probably this is the biggest name to drop that news so far. Um, I would probably imagine it won't be the last. But uh, I'm I'm interested. This is a guy who's a USC commit. He's a star, uh, the 51st rated prospect in DCTF's Hot 100. Uh, this feels like a pretty big deal. It is, and and for those that want to read more about this story, and I think it's definitely worth the read. Please check out TexasFootball.com slash recruiting and read the article that William Wilkerson put up uh, covering Brandon Campbell's uh, thoughts behind why he made the decision to opt out of the 2020 season and enroll early at USC. It's a very good story, kind of gives you a behind-the-scenes process and and a look at Brandon Campbell's thoughts surrounding that. But to me, I think this is just a big story in and of itself, and and I'm certain that we'll see more of this as the season approaches, as things unwind. Um, And one thing that I really found interesting is the support that he received, not only from his teammates, but other recruits in the 2020 cycle, other players nationally who supported his decision. And of course, USC's coaching staff to support his decision to opt out because that's an interesting subject in and of itself, because I'm sure USC wants to see his development as a prospect on the field but they've obviously seen enough from him to offer him a scholarship, let him commit to USC. So they know he's a great talent. So supporting his decision to take the year off, come into college with what I would say less wear and tear on his Mm -hmm. body is never a bad thing for a running back. And uh, we'll just have to see how that unwinds. I mean, this is the, like we've talked about in weeks past, you know, everything that we're dealing with now is the great unknown or things that we've never had to deal with before does translate and we'll be watching Brandon Campbell and his development as he transitions to USC very closely. It's going to be really interesting to watch as and and and, and I, as I I said and this is not a fun prediction to make but I would imagine he's not the last player to say you know what I'm just not going to play my senior year. There was actually to 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 put in you know to to put in another uh example. We had a, a moment there. I want to say last week or 2 weeks ago again time has no meaning where Caden Salter, the quarterback for um Cedar Hill, sent out a tweet and I think I think the tweet all due respect to Caden, I think the tweet like maybe wasn't phrased exactly perfectly because it, it it scared the heck out of me because it seemed like he was opting out. He's a Tennessee commit. We talked with him on QB1 presented by RepsVR. Um it seemed like he was opting out of his senior year. He then says, no, 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 I'm not. He's just going to enroll early. But I think that that kind of got our dander up of like, oh, okay, that might be something that could be coming down the pike for for some other big-time prospects. 
Well, I read the tweet the same way as you did. I thought this. I thought the same thing when I read it that he had decided that he wasn't going to play his senior season. But these things kind of have a domino effect because there are recruits out there who are doubtful about playing this season, and they're going to watch this situation unfold very closely because they're going to see what repercussions there are now for Brandon Campbell and if that benefits them or detracts from their recruitment. Um, so I, I'll be interested to see, too, are there any uh, other top recruits in the state of Texas, and, and not only in the state of Texas, but across the country, who have who will now decide, uh, you know what, maybe it's not safe for me to play this year. I should, uh, you know, bank it and head off to college. You know, and, and there are some players in some states who don't have the luxury of opting out because their football season has been canceled. I think I remember reading about a top running back prospect in Virginia who is committed to Ohio State, Ohio State and will enroll early there, but they're not playing until the spring. So he's not going to play football in 2020. So there are some instances out there like that as well. So just something to keep an eye on as the mm -hmm. season approaches. It is the strangest, strangest year we will ever have, hopefully, knock on wood. Um, he's Greg Powers of Next Level Athlete. Follow him on Twitter at GPowerScout. Follow Next Level Athlete on Twitter at NextLevelD1. Find his fine work at TexasFootball.com slash recruiting. Powers, appreciate your time, my friend. And uh, if you forget your last name, it is over your left shoulder. <laughs> gotcha. Thank you. There he is, Greg Powers, Next Level Athlete. Our recruiting analyst here at TexasFootball.com. Find his fine work at TexasFootball.com. Slash recruiting. He joins us every Wednesday here on Texas Football Today. And now we go to Ashley Pickle for America's second favorite segment, Final Thoughts. Uh, Josh Chapa brought up a point that I almost talked about earlier. Uh, he said if Campbell is eligible to graduate early and mm -hmm. leaves for USC in January, is he eligible to play in the upcoming spring season? The question I've had for a lot of the kids in those same situations. And I was wondering that too because I know that the Ohio State coach had come out and said that that's how he would like it to be done. But then you would have these seniors playing a high school football season, a right. spring football season, and a fall football. There, right. There's no way. Right. Um, so I don't right. I don't know if we have the answer to that. But. Uh, we don't. It's probably going to be athlete by athlete, but I would imagine that if somebody is a, is a relatively noteworthy recruit, mm -hmm. um, that they would not. I don't expect if USC does in fact play, for example, if USC does play a spring football season, mm -hmm. I would not anticipate that he will play. I bet that he will redshirt. Now, we will also see what the eligibility situation is. I was going to say, yeah. Because there's supposed to be a meeting of the D1 governors today that's going to determine the eligibility situation. Uh, but that's something certainly to keep an eye on is, is, is what's going on there. I would think, look, I think the easy thing, I don't want to get myself in trouble. I think the easy thing is just to say, you know what, this year doesn't count. And it's like, you know, everybody gets an extra year of eligibility. But that does create a backlog mm -hmm. then for, like, what happens into the class of 2021. Right. So they've got they've got a, a number of different things. And that's why, that's why we could sure use some <laughs> leadership in the college football world. Because then if we were all moving as one for the same reasons, then it's a we lot would, easier like, to figure it's out. It's a lot easier to figure out. But right now, as it presently stands... You know, if if the if the Big Twelve plays and the Pac twelve doesn't, then suddenly they're operating in two fundamentally different universes. universes. Yeah, and that that goes back to the same thing I said earlier. They have got to realize that they have got to start making plans now. You you cannot wait any longer to give answers as to how no. this is going to work. Nope, uh, there is no more time you can waste. The sand is out of the hourglass, guys. We are yeah. done. It's game time so we need to start making decisions and that's been kind of frustrating 
So there's that. Okay, that's going to do for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, instagram.com slash Dave Campbell's. And of course, see us at texasfootball.com. Thanks again to Greg Powers, next level athlete, for being our guest. For Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Thank you.